0: Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today we are sitting down with um, Dakota Flynn and Stephen Hawes, and we are here to talk all about gay culture and just to Talk to my friends. Dakota and I have worked together. We used to work together more because he moved, but he still comes to classes for free, uh, except for mine. And occasionally he subs. Um, Right now, him and Steven are currently living in Charlotte. Steven is a designer. And Dakota is graduating this Saturday from MUSC. And thank you guys for being here.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: This is like a long time coming, I feel like. Oh my God, so long. So tell them the first time that you came to me, like, what was this? This was before y'all
1: started dating, I feel like. Yeah. And you said to me, go ahead, pitch it. Give me your pitch. I just, I told Sarah that I needed a platform to talk about all things gay, to educate the masses and just to get some misconceptions dismantled and talk about ways that you can just be with your gay people, love your gay friends, and that be a comfortable thing for everybody and something that's just mutually understood and well-received.
0: Yeah. And you also were telling me, and we'll get to this more, but just, like, that the dating culture is so different than, like, (laughs) is that, are we heterosexual?
1: I believe so. I'm sorry, my brain, (laughs) we all All know, (laughs) Um, is different, because you said it's, like, kind of more of a hookup culture. Totally. Uh, Well, and maybe my perception of this has changed in the past two years, too, as I realized that straight culture is also very hookup-oriented now. I think it's a little, how old are you now? 31
0: don't say you're 20 no, i know i was yeah. like <laughs> but then i also think now there, there's like context to the facts like in your 20s it is more of a hookup culture for a totally, lot of people yeah. so
1: yeah yeah but it's just a it is a different world for sure so we can talk about all those things too awesome
0: um we'll get back to you so steven tell our listeners a little bit about yourself where you're from what you do all the different things
2: sure i grew up in north Myrtle beach south carolina so not too far north from here and went to college outside Charlotte for design. And I interned with Ginsler, which is the firm I'm at now, or the largest architecture and design firm in the world. Oh, wow. And yeah, humble brag. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been with them for the past five years, and I do um, corporate interior design. Nice. And he is in his 20s still. So. How old are you? I am 26, about to be 27.
1: Okay,
0: Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> and then tell us a little bit about your
1: program that you're graduating from. Yes. So we can give you some props on that. So second career guy, did a career in admissions at College of Charleston, and then woke up one day after teaching yoga for a little while and thought, I love this. Like, what what more could this be for me? And that was rehab, so I'm finishing my doctorate in occupational therapy. We are the first doctoral class for MUSC, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's and amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. So, you know, just wanting to move bodies and minds and hearts and souls for the yeah. rest of my life. You are. You're wonderful.
0: Are you teaching anywhere in Charlotte?
1: I am. We're, it's not the works. Well, tell, them, <laughs> tell, us, tell our <laughs> listeners where they can find you, though, in Charlotte. Where are you teaching? You can find me at QC Yoga. It's a newer studio. Um, So, I teach on Wednesday nights there, two different styles, hot vinyasa and a deep stretch. So nice. Yeah, I get to keep my skills, which I like. I like to stay in practice, and I love it. I really do. Yeah, I love
0: it too. Thank God, because I don't think I can do much else. You know, it (laughs) it is your
1: whole life. So, (laughs) (laughs) this is about
0: it. Um, So, I want to take it back to the beginning and talk about just for our listeners, um, you know, when you started, when you said, I'm gay or you felt this your whole life or, you know, maybe that's the wrong way to even say it. You can correct me as we go, um, but how you came out to your family and all that stuff. Let's start with you, Dakota. Sure.
1: And a disclaimer to everyone listening, Sarah and I are intimately close, so nothing she says is wrong or misheard or taken poorly. I appreciate this. We love her dearly. She is an ally to the gays. Um, So I came out at 19. I was a freshman in college. Kind of an interesting experience to look back on. When I was younger, my dad passed away when I was 16. And that will come back up as I go through the story. So towards my senior year, I mean, all of my life, truly, as long as I can remember, I preferred looking at boys. They're nice to yeah. look at. So I knew, I always knew there was something that was, like, maybe a little different about me, but I grew up in a very heavily religious-influenced culture. You know, my mom was a Southern Baptist. We grew up in a Presbyterian church, which, thank God, was a little more progressive than Mm -hmm. Baptist. Um, But regardless, it was not something that was, like, celebrated for anyone to be gay or anything like that. And this was the late 90s, early 2000s, and the world is 100% different from that time even. So I really worked diligently to suppress it, primarily through religion, and I'm still a spiritual person by all means, and so that did not change, it did not waver because of that, it just complicated the whole progression. Mm. So at 18, my senior year of high school, I really just reached this point of like, I have to know if this is true or not, I, I had figured out what gay was by that point, I had contemplated whether or not I was I was certainly viewing some content online that would preclude <laughs> that I was. And so I started to, like, engage with boys in, under the cover of darkness at night, like, secretly. And Were these boys online or were these boys that were in your school? So for me, and that's a great question because a lot of times people do connect online. But I just, you know, I'm a connector. And so I found people and sought them out and... Made them like me. (laughs) So I found my people to explore with in person. And, um, you know, so that felt a little bit safer because a lot of our culture can feel unsafe. That's a whole other topic we Mm -hmm. can get to. Um, And um, surprise, I did like it. So I realized, you know, I guess I am gay. So then it was this level of acceptance, this level of mourning. And I didn't come out for a while, I went to college initially at the University of Florida and I thought I'm leaving it all behind like that was a brief moment of exploration but let me get back to this pursuit of heterosexuality because mm-hmm. that's what we're prescribed to believe is like the right way to be and right. the normal and so lo and behold I started hooking up with guys in Florida too so I realized <laughs> I'm I you here <laughs> everywhere, everywhere you are here. there yeah, you are that's so or, true So I was like, I'm very unhappy here for a variety of reasons. Um, And leading up to that moment, my mom, I'd had two occurrences that I remember so vividly where I was in a very typical situation. You know, one night we were sitting at dinner with our family. We're in New York. It's a great time. And I just burst into tears and have Mm -hmm. to like remove myself from the situation. I think it's just the gravity and the weight of all this that I'm dealing with alone. I think that's such a big part of it is that you are so alone. Unlike other minority populations who really do have that kind of community and sense of togetherness of their subpopulation, until you are comfortably out, you are doing this entirely by yourself as what's typically a young person. Mm -hmm. And that's tough. So I was just, I guess those were just like the outbursts of this like gravity and weight of heaviness.
0: Did you think, did you feel like you're, Mom would be disappointed or upset. Oh my God!
1: Everybody, I was like, my whole life will be ruined. Yeah. But what um, what an, like a big feeling for a young person, right? And how do you process that as a young person? Like you make risky decisions and right. typically make bad choices. And yeah, So gosh, that's so valid. So she asked me during those two moments, like, "Is this because you're gay?" And I'm like, "Your mom said that so with such an invitation to just say yes and like get it out." And at had that she said something to you about it before? Um. She had not, so I think she just saw those as the right moment to be like, let me broach this topic, and I wasn't ready, and I'm like, looking back, that was so gentle, so sweet, so inviting of her, and she really was giving me the space to Mm -hmm. be honest, but I just wasn't ready, so it's so much about your readiness, Um, but when I did eventually come out, so that was my freshman year of college, I transferred to College of Charleston. And for whatever reason, just immediately started to lean into gay life. I guess I was finally at that point. I started seeing someone seriously, and my mom was coming to visit. I wanted to introduce them, and so I told her in advance, and she was like, yeah, of course. Like, we've always known, like, next topic. Yeah. And That makes me want to,
0: like, cry.
1: Well, hold your tears. (laughs) It wasn't that simple. (laughs) And I think it's never that initial conversation, but, you know, there were a series of conversations to follow, for some reason, my sister was the person I was most worried to tell. I guess because she was, like, my best friend. We're so close. Yep. We love each other so much. And I'm like, whatever. My mom, she's disappointed. So be it. But I don't want to disappoint my sister, my role model, everything. Right. So I wrote her a letter, a three-page letter of, like, <laughs> all the emotion, all the things. Like, we have such a close relationship. We talk about everything. And I just need you. And I need your counsel and dating and blah, 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 whatnot. So she gets this letter. Well, she doesn't get the letter. She just randomly texts me like two days later like, I love you so much. You're my best friend. I'm so happy that we have each other. And I was like, oh, my God, she got the letter. (laughs) Everything is so good. And then two more days later, my mom calls and says, your sister just called me sobbing. She got a letter from you. So (laughs) it's interesting the level of processing. So my mom's initial answer or response was, Normalcy, Like, oh, yeah, totally. And my sister's was shocked. And then they kind of swapped places. And my sister was, like, there in my corner. And my mom was like, well, we'll just keep praying. So I think for the parent, there's this this time of mourning, like mourning the child that you thought you knew for, in my case, 19 years.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Even though subconsciously she knew that, this goes back to my dad passing. They had had conversations prior to his passing when I was 16. Mm. I came out at 19 that, you know, there was this probability that I was gay. I showed a lot of indicators and that they were both going to be okay with that. When you say indicators,
0: what do you what is what do you mean?
1: That I preferred being friends with young girls and I liked to play dress up with my sister mm-hmm. and I wanted to feel pretty and Right. Just I wasn't interested in sports. They had tried to put me in all the different Which sports. Which is crazy because
0: you're so athletic. Oh, and, my God. I
1: love fitness. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, that's the thing, right? I didn't like playing football. Right. But that probably wasn't even because I was gay. It's just because I didn't like playing football. Right, right, <laughs> they right. They just weren't pursuing the right channels. They just, you know, they thought thoroughbred American boy, yeah. play football, play baseball, play basketball. And yep. it wasn't for me. Right. So. So, yeah, I guess they just noticed nuances that could allude to the fact that, you know, he's, it's possible. And my mom's like, isn't that sweet that we knew and your dad accepted? And I'm like, no, I thought I was hiding it so well. (laughs) Right. Um, But to kind of end it all, we got to a point where everyone was so accepting. I think my mom really grew a lot. I think a lot of times it's less tolerated until it's in your home, and then you either are extremely intolerant and remove the child from your family or you become so much more tolerant to that community in general so I'm fortunate I'm very fortunate it's not lost on me that I am lucky to have a mom who ultimately was very accepting and supportive a sister the same way all of my family and friends were in the end so celebratory to just like know me as who I really am Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's amazing I can't imagine you any other way. You're so perfect.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, Far from that, but at least comfortable in my sexuality. There you
0: go. So tell us about your experience, Stephen.
2: Okay. Mine is um, somewhat similar with my family being very accepting as well. But I was dating a girl for four years, or almost four years prior to coming out. And, you know, I always knew. So ever since I was a kid, I guess I knew. Similar to Dakota, I, you know, would walk down the underwear aisle staring at all the Calvin Klein models Same. and, you know, <laughs> Still doing do. and eyeing. Still do. Yeah, definitely. So I guess I always knew. But when I went off to college, I was like, I don't want to be gay. So I was like, this is like, I'm just going to do, lean into being, you know, straight and heterosexual, join a fraternity, mm-hmm. do all these things. And I tried. And then it came to my senior year, and I was still dating this girl, and, you know.
0: Do you think she had any inkling?
2: Uh, I'm sure she did, and I think, and, like, we have talked about it since, but, like, not in full discussion. And so I I don't know. I'm sure now, in hindsight, she's like, oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then after we broke up, she was an advocate, like standing up for me. Oh, I love Which that. is sweet. Yeah. Um, but she's now happily married and lives here in Charleston. Yeah, so. <laughs> she's happily married. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. So it's kind of funny full circle how yeah, it comes. Yeah, yeah. But I um I was dating her up until I came out, and I my parents were deciding to go out of town for Memorial Day. And I was gonna come home and come out to them and I grew up uh, in the Presbyterian church as well. And I actually grew my faith through coming out. Like I prayed, I prayed for the gay, not, I like prayed the gay way early on. But then like at that point I was like, you know, if I'm meant to be gay, let me be gay. Like, (laughs) like send me a sign, Jesus. Preach because
1: we were born this way. Thank
2: you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like he was like, lean in to be gay yeah and so my parents were going out of town and I was like no I want to come home and my mom will do whatever I ask (laughs) she will cancel a vacation or book a vacation if I tell her and she would not cancel it and I was like she was like you can go go to the beach all day we're going out of town and I was shocked so they picked me up we went on our trip and I guess there were subtle hints throughout the trip. My mom, I guess, saw me checking out a guy at the bar and was like, ask him questions, and I just, like, oblivious to it. And I, like, was trying to find the moment, but I didn't want to, like, ruin the trip. And so it wasn't until they were dropping me off at my college apartment that um, my mom and I were chatting, or, like, my parents came in, and my mom and I were chatting, and then my mom left the room, and my dad and I were chatting, and... And I had told them at this point that I wanted to break up with my girlfriend at the time. And they were like, oh, that's okay. Like, you know, you're about to graduate, like, big career ahead of you. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes sense to focus. I was, like, saying it was to focus on school. And they were totally fine with it. And my dad was like, you know, just because you want to break up with her doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. Not, Not what you want to hear, not what he should have said but is that
0: was he like referring to being ye- gay got it okay
2: and and like I'm like process I like am understanding what he means and I'm like I don't maybe I wasn't but I was like what the fuck yeah I was like <laughs> totally like crazy in my head I was like what and I was like what are you talking about and he was like well your mom told me about what you said that like last time you were home and I was like what did I say? I was, had no idea. And I guess I had mentioned that like, I was somewhat attracted to guys or I like looked at, like saw something there, but I'm not gay. And I was dating someone. And so then he like walked out the room and my mom walked in and I went to say something to her. And then I stopped and like, she saw me like go and like kind of opened my mouth and she was like, What were you going to say? What were you going to say? And like pulled it out of me. And so that's how I came out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I like told her the conversation my dad and I just had. And she was like, well, are you gay? And so then I was like, yeah. And they were like, okay. And no big deal. And then we like chatted a little and they're like, okay, bye. We're leaving. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) You can't leave. Like I just came out to you. This is like, you're just going to leave. Yeah. And they were like, well, we have to go home. And so I ended up going with them the rest of the way and riding back with a friend. So did you guys talk about it the whole way home? Yes. And like... Had you
0: had any experiences with men at this point?
2: No. And they are the first people I came out to. Wow. I like didn't come out to any friends or anything. Yeah. Because... That, if, and it's
0: usually kind of the other way around, right? Like that's yeah. pretty ballsy of you.
2: Yeah. So totally different. <laughs> my brother is also gay. My older brother... And so, how many siblings do you have? I just have two. And then my younger cousin grew up with me or grew up with us, so he's kind of like a, another sibling as well. Um, but my older brother is gay and he came out first. And I watched the processing of that. And so I think that's what prolonged it a little bit more. And mm-hmm. me trying not to be, um, you know, everyone has their own approach. But I understand like my dad being, you know, my mom took it like, Great, easy from the start, and still has. My dad, I think, it was a slow start because now both his sons are gay. Right. And so I think it just took him a little to process. Do you
0: feel like he, not saying he still does, but at that time, he felt, like, bad about that? Did I do something? Did I, you know?
2: I'm sure he had all sorts of thoughts going through his head, um, but... He loves Dakota. He loves whenever we visit. So full support now. And that's all that matters. Yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like as a parent and clearly my children are young, Lindsay has three boys and I have two boys and a girl, but I I think like Dakota kind of said, it's like, things are so different now. Like it it doesn't, I don't, it's not, I don't think about it like that. Like if my kids are happy because let me tell you, when one's unhappy, everyone's unhappy. When yeah. van's unhappy, the whole house is unhappy. It's yes. just not even worth living. <laughs> you know? And it's it's so interesting, and I think that's why these conversations are so crucial to, like, people that are listening to us, whether they're our age or your age or older or younger. Like, it's just, like, this is the world that we're in, and it's so important to presence, you know, the, the I feel like the growth of the, um, you know, you got to know your history to know your present, right. basically. And
1: I think we are a unique like grouping of individuals who are just more understanding and tolerant. So I don't want it to get lost that there are still people that are so intolerant. So everything we're talking about is I live in a bubble. You're so fighting the good fight. Yeah. We do too. Like sometimes I even forget that gay people are still marginalized, but it does still happen. And I think that's part of this conversation too. It's like, we just need to talk about it. Right.
0: Um, so let's talk a little bit about before you guys were dating,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how, first of all, how you guys met on Tinder? Did you tell me that? On
1: Tinder. Yeah. On Tinder.
0: Which is like, I feel like a lot of people meet on Tinder. Yeah. yeah. And I
1: think in gay world, you have two primary apps. You've got Grinder and you've got Tinder and Tell us Grindr. the difference to our listeners. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say Grinder's where I mean, you go if kind you want to get a self-explanatory. quick self-explanatory. You know? <laughs> to, yeah. Do a little dirty. And then Tinder is where you go if you want to actually like start cultivating a relationship potentially. And that's a different in heterosexual world, or at least among our friends, we hear that Tinder is their, like, hook seedy hookup yeah. app. So it's funny just to, right. to know those comparisons, too.
0: Yeah. So you went out on a date. This was after you had had a long run of not being happy, and I told you yes. it's time to take a break.
1: <laughs> so Sarah gave me sage advice that, thankfully, I didn't listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Sarah has known me for a long time and knew that What I wanted more than anything in this world was just to be loved and to be happy and to meet someone who had a reciprocal love for me, and so that was a quite a process, you know. And I went through a lot of people. I was out there dating a little too much, dating, (laughs) and I was shifting the majority of my focus from everything else in my life to that. And so Sarah and I sat down at one point, and she's like. I think you got to stop. I think you got to step back, take a breather. You're putting too much into this. And you said,
0: "That's such good advice." You got in your car and you got on fucking Tinder. And I <laughs> swiped right. <laughs> I got in the car and I said, "A
1: couple swipes won't hurt." <laughs> so yeah.
0: And then, okay, so tell us about how y'all met, because that's—I mean—that's
1: just a fun part of your story. So, so you went out. Funny to look back on because the context at were that you were living time, in Charleston. No, no. so yeah. that's the context is we were three hours away. Steven was just using the pandemic to search the world for men so he can talk about that but
2: yeah yeah so in the height or I guess the beginning of COVID is when we first started talking (laughs) and tinder had the lovely tinder pro for free and it was like you can swipe anywhere so I put it to you know Paris and then I was like I can't really translate this well (laughs) so I went to you know London and then I was like that's unrealistic I'm can't fly there in a pandemic. Yeah. So I was like, Charleston is great. I have family down here. The beach is here. Maybe I'll come across a cute boy. And I did. And then we did long distance. So we talked oh, for yeah, a month just because talked. of the
1: pandemic. So we text, we had a FaceTime or two, a couple calls, just getting to know one another, being safe. But eventually I was like, all right, we've been doing this for a month. Yep. We both know that we've been practicing safe habits pandemic wise Mm -hmm. leading up to this point he went home for mother's day and i said you got to come after so he showed up and this is how we are the atypical of gay culture he shows up on a sunday he's like i'm gonna stay the night and i'm like all right we can sleep in different rooms like no pressure." this motherfucker actually makes (laughs) us sleep in separate rooms i was like all right good night and he's like bye closes the door and i was like Um, okay. Okay.
0: So, but that, but that's a good first step maybe. Yes.
2: Yeah. Which I think my approach when I'm trying to date someone, I'm trying to be like more reserved, like kind of holding my cards close and like, you know, I can do a hookup. That's fine. But I like, you know, I didn't want that to be the foundation of the relationship. I later asked if he was a virgin at that time. He (laughs) did. And I like laughed in his space. So
0: did you date anyone seriously before Dakota?
2: Um, I've dated I dated that girl. Right. And then I dated a guy for a month okay. and it didn't it just didn't work out. Yeah. I wasn't ready to date then.
0: So you have your date, Steven's in one room, Dakota's in the other. <laughs> yes. You wake up the next morning, do you say like do you want to go work out or do you just have to like hit the road or like how then where do you go from there?
1: Yeah, so Steven had agreed that he'd come stay Sunday night. He wouldn't come, but he'd come. He yeah. <laughs> Stay Sunday night um, and worked <laughs> all day. <laughs> had to throw it in. Um, and work all day Monday. They were working remotely at that time, as was the whole world. And leave Monday after he finished work. So we had a really great conversation Sunday night. We slept in our separate rooms. And then he worked all day Monday. So I was just piddling about. I think I was on a break in school at that time. So I was just kind of like doing whatever. And Monday night, he was like, I think I'll stay again. So and you said,
0: not in the guest room, bitch. We did, <laughs> <Another> again. <night. laughs> I was like,
1: oh, yes, I, we're, I'm going to get me some tonight, and we're going to go. And he was like, I'm still sleeping in the other room, but I want to stay and hang out more. Yeah. So we like took the Holy City bikes or the Holy Spokes and rode around and had like a little picnic and just had a nice time and kept talking.
2: And, and then, yeah, I was going to say, and then... I went home a week later, came back and stayed for a week, but wow. that time in the same bed. Okay, okay. Finally. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Finally. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and so it just kind of progressed from there. It turned into every other weekend or every weekend and then.
0: And do you have the conversation like, are we like just together now?
2: Um, um, we didn't make it official until July.
1: We right? knew we were exclusively seeing one another. Because yes. you were sleeping in the same bedroom. Right. And yep. the pandemic. So I yeah. think that pre- even more so than the sleeping in the same bedroom. It was just being safe and smart about that as a healthcare provider.
0: Isn't that wild how yes. it's like, you're like, and I'm not calling you out, but it's not like, because we're, we're not being safe because we're sleeping together. We're being right. safe because of the pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like,
1: man, how the priorities shift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we had the exclusive talk. It just wasn't until later on that we were like, yeah, I think we're boyfriends. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I love it. Yeah,
1: can the label finally.
0: Yeah. I, I love a label.
1: So I, I needed that's why a I, got la- married I was twice. waiting for the label yeah <laughs> oh my gosh. I know you are Sarah didn't know yes yes <laughs>
0: um, so you you want to get married
1: I mean marriage is something that we are both pursuing is it on the table yeah we've definitely talked about it yes for sure so
0: and how so? This is interesting because we've had Chandler and Erin on here before. And Erin, one day, this is like kind of early on in the relationship, she like texts me, she's like, Can I call you? And immediately I'm like, Oh my God, you're proposing to Chandler. <laughs> and she was like, Well, no, but if we were gonna get married, it probably would be me. She was like, I was wondering if I could borrow the studio for her birthday. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, like, do
1: you know who would propose? Is that, or
2: would it just be? Yes, we've talked that through.
1: We have. I'm not sure that it's still the same. In the beginning, yeah. we said that though I love to plan a surprise, it would have been Steven because I would have done it six years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we just were waiting. would have been
0: sliding it under the
1: guest room door. Right, literally yes. like, so nice to finally meet you. Yeah. Here's the ring. No, I would have done it early though, just because I'm a jump on it. I'm an active kind of guy. And so we said, he'll do it because that way it's, it can be when he's ready. Yep. Um, but I think that ebbs and flows with a relationship. So I I think it's hard because there's, that custom of the male proposes in a typical or heterosexual relationship. Um, so there's not this association of dominance or there's not this like more masculine person than does it. I think that's the overarching theme of proposal is like, so often you get into this conversation about, oh, who's the more masculine one? And right. you assume that they're gonna uphold those roles, the right, male right. role of a heterosexual relationship. But it's about, I think, priorities and where we are in life. I think that with my career launching, it's now kind of more on my side of like, when am I going to feel more comfortable? And when do I feel established in that first? Because I did, in fact, listen to Sarah. And I realized (laughs) that ultimately my career and my individual happiness has to be the utmost priority. Because the Mm -hmm. only person you have forever and the longest relationship you have is with yourself. So I think where we are right now in our lives, it's pivoted to me just because my life is in such shift mm-hmm. so if nothing else, the takeaway is that like it's not because one of us is more masculine than the other that we'd be the proposer or the recipient right um, but just about a conversation about readiness and I think that's congruent to heterosexual couples, right as you typically have preceding totally. conversations about are we on the same page are we ready like even though it's the male the female participates i assume yeah from the experiences i have of at least expressing readiness and right so that's just kind of where we are is we're in the conversations about readiness and timing and if yeah.
0: and if you well you don't have to get married to have kids at all but are kids something that would be in the that you'd be interested in
1: i think that
2: Absent flows. Until
1: we babysat my sister's children. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That'll keep you fucking... Yeah, I said, Aunt we Tos. don't need, like, actual birth control, but that was some birth control. <laughs> we do both <clears throat> want children, and I think, too, like, as a person, I've always said, like, I was born to be a father, mm-hmm. and I do feel that strongly. Um, but it's difficult. Like, how do we get there? So there are so many different options, which seems amazing, but that's tough to kind of narrow down what's the best option for us. And there is this primal desire to have a child that's biologically yours. And so we both have that primitive desire. So it's just about navigating conversations of like, what do you think, what really matters to you? What are the non-negotiables? And I, I believe so wholeheartedly that there are children out there that need a good opportunity and a good family and so it's the juxtaposition of those feelings and I think we we table it the serious discussion until you know we've hit the wedding we've hit those other milestones because if we do it it will be in that typical pathway of like let's get married Mm -hmm. let's figure out where we want to settle our lives and then pursue um becoming parents and yeah, we are lucky that we don't have that biological clock ticking, mm-hmm. so
0: it's true we're not you, limited you have in parents. that. Hugh relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about you. You know, and I think you kind of talked to me about this, Dakota. Um, like public shame. I remember you mm-hmm. telling me like you don't see usually two men walking down the street holding hands, and it's interesting because Sean, who works with us as well, was telling me he was um, hanging out with the boy. Recently, and I don't know if they were walking down the street or if they were sitting at a bar, but he was like, you know, we were holding hands, and he said, this is the first time we have done this in public. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't even like that, That like, as someone, again, who's straight, like, I don't even think about that kind of stuff. So does that, do you think about that m- less in a relationship, or is it the same, or how do, how do you, do people look? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what is that like?
1: I'll start just because... Unless you Steven. really like to talk <laughs> <laughs> <kidding>. yes yes <laughs> that but I also have dated several people seriously so in college I dated someone throughout the duration of that which again was in the early or er, so 2010 to 2013 so just giving the timeline and then I dated someone a little bit later and Stephen and I have been dating in the later 2000s so it's been different I'd say throughout those relationships in college, I definitely was like, no PDA, because you just live in such fear. And so like, you're not doing anything harmful or offensive, but you have no idea who's going to retaliate in an aggressive or assertive way. Has has that ever happened to you? So I'd say the one time that someone made a, like a snide remark, well, okay, I can remember, remember two occasions. The first was the day that one of our presidents was elected someone yelled faggot out of their car and i thought this is a precursor to this Jeez. era. Of here we go <laughs> but that aside the other time i was uh, my college boyfriend and i were walking back from the bar drunk one night holding hands and th- this guy was like Are you gonna suck his dick later and i said probably and yeah. that shut him up real fast so yeah. <laughs> i think those experiences kind of shaped me to just be a little more confident but even still in certain circumstances you feel uncomfortable and i think it's really unfortunate because we are in love and we are happy. And whereas a heterosexual couple could easily just walk down the street and without thought clasp hands or give each other a kiss, there will never, or at least in our lifetimes, I don't believe, be a moment where we don't second-guess that moment mm-hmm. out of fear or out of the idea that Do you that think any of
0: that is regional? And like how you, you know, I mean, you both grew up in the South. Yeah. You both yeah. grew up in the church. You I'd know? say... And because sure. I think about yeah. just some of my friends, you know, some of my gay couple friends that like live in LA or live mm-hmm. in New York, like, and I don't know, I've never had like an intimate conversation yeah. like this with them, so maybe they feel the same, but it seems, I don't want to use the word accepted, because I think it just seems like where they live, it's maybe they, I don't know, maybe norm- yeah. it
1: seems more normalized. Yeah. And I think I'd be open or very curious to talk to people in different areas because I still, I personally think that though it may feel more normalized in society, having suppressed these parts of ourselves for so long, I would really be curious if they could really extrapolate or remove that innate fear totally. or worry. Yeah. Um,
0: that's so such, that's valid. Like, yeah, yeah. That
1: it's still there. And like maybe their moment of pause is a little shorter than ours because where they are is more accepted. But I'm like, did they still have that twitch? That's just like, uh, yeah. Before that moment, because it's, we were led to believe for so long that it was wrong or I guess corrupt or repulsive to people. I don't know. So yeah, I think that'd be an interesting conversation to have.
0: So let's talk about the fear thing a little bit like that he was talking, that Dakota was talking about, Steven, what like, cause you said something about like, you know, you guys meet, you know, when you were coming out, you're meeting in the dark and like, there's this whole
1: culture of like underground, like what is that? Um, Stephen definitely has better to say about this because he
2: had a little more adventure than I did. Uh-oh. Um, Let's
1: talk about your adventure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have downloaded the grinder app, deleted it, re-downloaded it, deleted it, re-downloaded it. I
0: hope it's not on your phone right now. I'll have not. to hurt you. Okay. No, Dakota had a dream
2: the other night it was. <laughs> and Y'all. then he was mad at you. Yes, he the was. whole day. Um, yeah, there is this whole, the hookup culture of being gay is, you know, it is very seedy under, like, in the dark your messaging online and I think there's this fear and thrill that you get with hookups because you're, you know, you get your heart rush as you meet someone for the first time and it's like at someone's house or like, are they going to kill me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> am I going to die? <laughs> yeah. Like there's plenty of times I probably should have been murdered. Yeah. And you know, I think we, you know, what you're doing is wrong. In your mind, like, because you're, it's not accepted. And so that's part of the thrill. And I think, and and I don't mean thrill in a good way, but I mean, it just, like, kind of hardens your heart a little mm-hmm. because, you know, you look at hookups and relationships in this, like, wrong way and, like, you're doing it in the dark. And so I think it just puts a damper on relationships later in a negative way. right. Which is, like, totally different because, like, straight people, like, it's accepted.
0: I, w- I will say, as a, as a straight representative at the table. Yeah. I mean, you know, even because I grew up in the South, too. Like, like hookups are a little bit not... I mean, at a certain age, you know, yeah. you're still, like, sneaking out and doing yeah. things that, you know, like, if your dad caught you, you'd beat your ass. So, I mean, I think across the board. But, I mean, I totally hear what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to say anything. But um, I think, like, you know... Back in the day, like hookups were a little sketchy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think I agree totally. I think more so for us, it's like not only do you have the fear of, like, I hope my parents or someone else doesn't find out, right. or yeah. I hope that, you know, so and so doesn't judge me, or I hope that my hookup doesn't kill me. But <laughs> sorry, <laughs> hopefully that's not funny. you told, like, <laughs> at least a girlfriend or two, like, oh, I'm going to this yeah, guy's yeah, totally, house. Totally. Whereas here again, perhaps literally no one in this world knows where you're going and yes. you might be carved in their basement the next day and right. like, good luck. Putting the lotion in the basket. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's just, that's the, the real, um, advanced element of fear is that just like, you, again, you're doing this all so secretively because it's quote unquote wrong. Right. You know, yeah.
0: what would you say? or you guys say to maybe like a young man who's listening to this or a young woman even who's, scared contemplating maybe dating someone for four years in college, you know, yeah. what, what maybe I won't even call it advice. Cause that puts a lot of pressure on you. But like, what would you say? What would you say to yourself? You know, now that you see that you, you know, that this is accepted and you guys have this beautiful relationship and you're thriving and you're successful, you know, I mean,
2: I look back and I regret not coming out sooner. I'm like, there was plenty of times, even in high school that my mom opened the door to let me do it. And I just didn't want it to be. And I, guess in my mind there was like like people are bisexual like it's a spectrum right and back then i only saw it as black and white and so you know explore and like try it out it doesn't mean like you can be like straight and try it out and still straight at the end of the day just cuz you try it once doesn't mean you're gay or right, bisexual right. um so i think you know just you know get a little freaky
1: yeah i'm into it I think for me, I would say, just be true to yourself and trust your timeline and know that the only person who gets to make the decision of when you come out should be you and that, you know, there are going to be people who disagree with who you truly are and that's okay. They don't belong in your corner and there are going to be people who really, really champion who you are. So focus on those people and the love that you feel and the good community that you have, and you will be a happier
2: version of yourself when you are an honest version of yourself.
0: Totally. Yeah, and I think,
2: you know, to add, it might not be smooth at first, but eventually it will. There's, like, a sunshine ahead. Yeah. And, you know, here we are having a wonderful time in a perfectly accepting environment. And our
1: parents are meeting this weekend. Like, we've gone from those sketchy young yeah. boys to that's like exciting. blended families yeah, yeah
0: that's so exciting
1: Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Coastal
0: Collective. Coastal Collective is the best in town when it comes to skincare and wellness. If you're looking for a more boutique atmosphere, um, they are absolutely awesome. The people that work there are super cool, super laid back. They have the newest and most effective lasers to tone, tighten, and brighten the skin. They, of course, have the usual Botox and fillers you would expect at a medical spa, but evaluate each client based on their own personal needs. If you've been there already then you know this ain't your mama's med spa. Use the code THEWORKS for 15% off any service. Yes, 15% off Botox, lasers, any service you want. You can find them at CoastalCollectiveCHS.com or at CoastalCollectiveCHS on Instagram. Tell them we sent you. All right, so let's talk about like some of the misconceptions of what it means to be gay. Like what, you know, I think um, maybe like what people have put put on TV or in the media and, you know, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I think there's so many different types of gays. There's like a whole zoo of different terms. He bears. means that. You'll understand. Give yeah. the context. Keep there's, zoo. <laughs> there's bears. There's otters. There's twinks. I'm sure there's other ones I can't think of. But, you know, they- Do y'all
0: associate with any of this?
2: No, I hate. Those types of things. Yeah, I feel like it just kind of further stereotypes. I feel like in I would way. be a bear in
0: my relationship,
2: not quite. Sure that
1: <laughs> that. Uh, emotionally, perhaps.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> Got it.
1: You don't have the physical characteristics. Okay, thanks.
2: <laughs> but I think, um, you know, when you're gay, you can still be very like masculine and like in your ways and have straight friends and do things like that. Or you can like. Be more expressive and flamboyant. Yeah.
1: And I think. I will say, in Charlotte, we have a really strong group of gay friends, and it is a group of people who really kind of personify different embodiments of what it is to be a gay man. And so, yeah, I think the stereotype is like, oh, you're going to start painting your nails, you're going to start talking with a higher-pitched voice, right. you're going to do more feminine hobbies, you're going to want like a fancy frou-frou drink instead of a beer, and those are just like all so false. right? Even my sister, the first thing that when we could have a conversation, she was like, just promise me your voice isn't going to change. And I was like, wh- what does that even have to do with anything? Yeah. Um, but in our small little world, that was like her fear. And it was about safety. But so I think... I think it's interesting that, yes, the media and everything just promotes you to believe, like, you're going to be more feminine. You're going to be more delicate. You're going to do non-masculine activities. You're going to be a yoga teacher. No, I'm just kidding. You were right about that Um, one. But we have friends who are, like, heavy lifters. Some of the most competitive lifters in our CrossFit gym are gay men. Some of the most, like, straight acting men are gay men in our gym. You know, we all go out for beers after we work out, like, that's pretty aligned with heterosexual culture. We're going to work out at a crossfit, throw some heavy shit around, and then go drink some brews with the boys. So it's like we're still doing those very masculine things. And I think that we both, and perhaps this is bad, we both try to personify a little bit more of a masculine tendency because there's so much shame of being more feminine in the gay culture. So it's like assumed of us, but then also shamed among us. Right, yeah.
0: Is there shame within the culture? Oh, oh my yeah. God.
2: <laughs> so much.
1: Well,
0: it's kind of like how girls talk shit about each other. A
1: hundred percent. And then amplify it by a thousand. The <laughs> There's no the way to be bitches. good at anything. Yeah. Like, so what? Gimme, give, give gimme, give gimme. Give like, what do you mean? You're too feminine. You're a bottom. You can't do this. You're not strong enough. You're, you're too not, weak. You yeah. dress too weird. You dress too feminine. Like, Really? Yeah. Like, people say
0: this behind each other's back? Or like into
2: your fucking face. They're yeah. like, no shame. Damn. And it's both ways. It's like you know, left and right. Yeah. You're wrong for both. Right. Yeah. You can never win. Yeah. So you just have to accept who you are, who you are for good or bad.
0: And then like, you know, and I know you're about to enter into a new job, but just like speaking again, like of the, you know, the, the straight culture, like usually the man makes more money than the woman. Mm-hmm. And there's like this, I don't, I mean, that's <laughs> making John so like such a dick. He's really not, <laughs> but like, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I work because I love it, mm-hmm. but I have to work as well to support our lifestyle and our children. Yeah. But like, is there any of that, maybe not in y'all's relationship, but you see in other relationships where maybe w- people that do have kids, does one partner stay home or do they both keep working traditionally
1: or? I think even among my straight friends, I think this is very much of our generation that we're seeing more shared working. So like the majority of my friends that I can think of both the husband and wife, even with children are working. Um, and I, I think-
2: I'd say the same with a lot of my friends.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think really our generation is a generation of co-working and not worrying as much about who's the breadwinner. Which yeah. I'm I'm love to see that. Some of the my female friends are making insurmountably more than their husbands, right. and like it's just what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And for us, yeah, I don't think there was ever a time when when we said one of us would ultimately be a stay-at-home parent. I could never. I love working. I like. And the cliche of, like, occupational therapy is my dream job. Mm -hmm. I literally could wipe asses for the rest of my life and feel like I'm doing something. Stephen may be different, but.
2: (laughs) You know, if you told me I could stay at home with the kids, I would not complain. I know (laughs) if you would,
1: baby. (laughs) Is that for the pandemic? I was like, oh, my God.
2: Get me back to work.
0: (laughs) I got to get out of here. I mean, and that's what I always say. Like, I respect my friends that are stay-at-home parents. Like, I mean, it is the most selfless, challenging Job and it never stops. No. no, and they don't give a fuck
1: how you feel. They do not, no. <laughs> no. or the whether you need privacy. Yeah, or a moment oh, of privacy. Silence. <laughs> I've had
0: kids sit on my lap while I've gone number two.
1: That okay, damn. so no. we may not have children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Certainly I can tell you all
0: some stories. Yes,
1: um, yeah. Uh, so I think that's an interesting segue to like workplace relation, like discussing your relationship, bringing your significant other around. and. I think that I, for sure, and maybe Steven's different because his industry is more like open um, and progressive, but I think generally I've always been more hesitant to like come so forward about saying like, I'm gay and I have a boyfriend in healthcare, especially because you're working with patients of such different backgrounds and beliefs and opinions. And like a lot of times we're therapeutically engaging and there's a level of appropriateness to sharing, but I never say, oh, like my boyfriend and I have had similar conversations mm-hmm. or my boyfriend does this for me. I always say my partner because, you know, I just, I don't want to be offensive or I don't want to close a patient relationship by saying something that they disagree with. And so I think that's interesting too, is like, if I were, I've worked with a lot of women throughout my education underneath a lot of women who just so candidly say, my boyfriend and I, or when we did this, and my significant other, my husband. And so I think it's little nuances like that, just people don't even think about. They don't think about how I have to think a little deeper about what we're doing because I can't just talk about my life. Well, and the
0: fact that you just, you know what you just said, like that you would be offensive to someone. Like it's just, I don't like
1: that. And it's just sadly still real. Yeah, I know. It really is. I know.
0: And I think it's like naive of me to, when i said before i mean not in a mean way but like i don't even think about it you know it's yeah. kind of like well
1: you do and yeah. so it and so it's real like i'm not walking in your shoes and i had a patient for one example who he was so great me and this patient like had the best relationship one of the most life changing experiences i've ever had but even at one point he asked someone else if i was gay and like that's just not someone something someone's going to ask yeah. about you behind your back like it's never going to come up and what did it matter if i was i was giving him great therapy like yeah. we were working well together he was just curious and i'm like that is fine and well but it's none of your business right. And like who the other providers are dating are married to their sexual orientations aren't coming up and so why is mine right and i think that lends to a bigger conversation of this whole idea of microaggressions of like people think they're being so nice and This guy in particular, I think he just wanted to be able to relate to me better. And Mm -hmm. so he wanted to know so he could, like, lace that into conversation and make me feel more comfortable. And I think a lot of times society does that, right? Of, like, oh, you're gay? Like, so is my brother. Right. Like, cool. Like, cool. (laughs) We very likely have not a single other fact in common. And, like, so I think you hear this term aggression and you think it's volatile or violent, but what a microaggression is, is just like making a population feel marginalized. And so just by doing that, you're making me feel different or mm-hmm. like, I think it's so cute. You guys kiss in public and like, Oh, you definitely should hold hands because like, it's fun and people should see that. It's like, you yeah. just don't talk about it. Like you don't tell your girlfriend like, Oh yeah, you should do that because yeah. it's acceptable and it's cute. Right. I think, it's just interesting that people like default to that and it is sweet. I acknowledge the genuine intention behind it, but I think the big takeaway is like, all we want is to be invisible in that regard. Like we want to be like a couple who a heterosexual couple who you hold hands. It's not even noticed Right. you kiss and no one even considers it twice and just normal. And like, we don't need that boat of confidence that like, yeah, you and I can be friends because you have a gay relative right. or a gay friend like right let's talk about something we actually share in common right you know and I think
0: that's super valid
1: yeah like so it's I like, mean
0: I, I think that's really good information too because I can see myself like doing something maybe not but with other people like be like oh yeah well we we can be friends because you know and people I don't even think people think about it
1: they don't they're just like yeah
0: you know just a bunch of knuckleheads
1: a bunch of knuckleheads who mean well but we're yeah. just telling you how to mean well a little bit better <laughs> i love it i love
0: it i agree i totally agree so if you could give some advice both of you to parents for like cultivating like a safe space and mm-hmm. a sp- safe environment that's not overbearing but that also isn't like
1: neglectful like yeah. what what do you feel so i think one of the approaches that i've seen among friends who are parents or something that i feel like would have worked well for me, is just asking questions like, do you want to play football or do you want to be on the cheerleading team and like mm-hmm. celebrating whichever choice that is? Or, you know, if you see your child is attending to something that is maybe more traditional of a, a little girl, like encourage that like, oh, you want to go to dance like that's so cool. Like, let's go to dance. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel like you need to be on the baseball team or in the reverse you know we are obviously not lesbians but similarly like oh you want to play like softball or you want not to stereotype it's about just really attending to your child and that seems so typical like yeah we attend to our child but there i think there are sometimes subtleties 100%. that we may yeah you've got a million things going on and so just like noticing maybe what they're gravitating towards or what they're like maybe shying away from because their peers are making them feel it's not acceptable So just being really inviting and really open to support whatever it is that they enjoy. Because as a child, that's all that matters. They don't need to define their sexuality to you until they've figured that out. And so it's definitely not your job to push or like fasten, fast track that process. It's more just about supporting them in in whatever they want to be, the direction that they want to go.
2: And I think that could, like, even, you know, with toys, like, so simple. You know, Barbies are for girls, and G.I. Joes are for Mm -hmm. little boys. Um, I think, you know... What toy do you want? Yeah, whatever toy works. Mm -hmm. You know, you want dresses and dress up and go to Disney World and a dress, like, have at it. Yeah. And I think, like, even opening conversations where they might say, I love little Tommy. And you can say, well, why do you love little Tommy? And like really like dive into it in a a way that might make sense to them for Mm -hmm. them to understand, you know, is it love out of friendship or is it love out of affection? And, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's where you start to introduce like that's okay. And you know, what age that is. I have no idea. Yeah. You see so many
1: parents say like, oh, my son has a girlfriend or like, Mm -hmm. who's your girlfriend in school? And so it's like, I've seen things where the parent is like, do you have a girlfriend? And the kid's like, no. And they're like, do you have a boyfriend? And I think, I'm like, that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. it's just normalize that both are possibilities. Right.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think, like you said, it's like, it's just small little things. Yeah. And I see myself doing it with my boys already. I'm yeah. like, all right, Waylon will play football, Van will play soccer, and Della... We'll put her in dance. And she hated dance.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She hated dance.
0: Hated it. Like, cried so hard when it was her (laughs) recital. And I was like, we're not going to dance anymore. Exactly. Yeah, we're just done. Um, Is there any, like, last bit of anything you'd want to share with our listeners um, that we missed, or just anything?
1: Since this really is geared towards not other gay people, but other people who may be like you, Sarah, who are just, like, there to support, to be an ally, I think I really really gravitated towards people like yourself and Katie Penta, who I saw as like these iconic people, these people who were just like (laughs) making a difference in the world and doing something big. And I knew that you all supported me exactly in my most honest and raw and uncut version of myself. And so I found myself wanting to just be at the works and the works in itself was a space where I was like, so loved and so adored by everyone here, whether it was a student or another teacher, and I got to just really be myself, like standing in the front of that room, an out gay man, always sharing stories about dating or life or everything that was going on, and it really just felt so normal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the best thing that you can offer someone is a space to feel normal. Mm -hmm. And so Sarah asking constantly about like, how's your dating life and not repulsed when I talked about gay dating culture or things like that, but Mm -hmm. just being like, cool. Like, yeah, let's talk about some healthier habits. (laughs) But just being so accommodating to people and like so accepting and so loving in a subtle, more normal way. Like ultimately what we want is to just be able to live our lives unnoticed and just in the way that everyone else wants it. We want to be happy. We want to be healthy. We want to be in supportive relationships. And so don't go out of your way to make gay people feel more welcomed in your space. Just be in such a way that they can innately and naturally feel comfortable being who they are in your space. And I think, again, you did a great job with that. And Thank you. that really lends itself to us being able to have such an honest dialogue mm-hmm. and hopefully more people can just kind of get in that same space of we accept everybody. We're not like making you feel called out in a good or bad way about being someone, but you belong here, whoever you are. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, I think that goes across the board. Like, you know, any group of people that feels, it's like, you don't want to make anybody like you don't want it to be performative. Right. First of all. Like I don't feel that way. Like, no. you know, I mean, I love people for people. Yeah. There's plenty of straight people I don't want to be around. You know it's, what I mean? And, <laughs> so and plenty like, of gay people I don't want to yeah, be around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I love people for people. And, you know, you want to fill you wanna fill your space with good people. Yeah. Whoever they are. So just
1: create spaces where people can come and just be honest and yeah. be
0: themselves. I love that. That's what we do here at The Works.
1: It totally is. <laughs> we try.
0: We try really hard, and sometimes we do great, and sometimes we don't do great. And the next day we get up, and we just keep trying again. Exactly. And so that's,
1: that's all you can do.
0: That is. Well, thank you both so much. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, Dakota, where can our people find you on Instagram?
1: Yeah, my handle is at Dakota Flynn one Stephen,
2: mm, let me look. Steven you don't know who you are. Stephen B, Haas. At Steven B. Haas. <laughs> <laughs> Hawes. Stephen
0: B Hawes.
2: H A W E S. H A W E S.
0: Yeah. Um, so check them out, you guys. If you have any questions about this episode, as always, feel free to reach out to me or maybe DM them and rate us, review us, tell all your friends, share this around, and we will check you next week.